MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. Today, the impeachment trial coverage. Biden prepares to ask almost all of Trump's U.S. attorneys to resign. A Parnas and Fruman associate is sentenced to one year in prison. And some interesting new news about Rudy Giuliani. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana, how's it going? Did you watch today? I watched um, the whole thing. I listened to an hour of it on my walk, but I watched and listened to the entire thing. It started off really well and then turned into a dumpster fire. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that seems to be the consensus uh, uh, amongst Republicans and Democrats alike, uh, all of the pundits and even Trump himself. We'll we'll get into that when we talk about the impeachment trial uh, because it is underway and uh, we'll discuss the first day. We'll also be joined by Renato Mariotti, to get a former federal prosecutor's reaction to the constitutionality arguments that that were put forth by both sides. And uh, you and I will be live on the Stereo app this Thursday for a little after party at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. If you haven't checked out the Stereo app, it's pretty awesome. Download it and... uh, we get a little weird, uh, but it's fun. I absolutely love it. I think it's going to be a, a fun stereo impeachment conversation. <laughs> yeah, 100%. It was a very interesting day. Uh, and we do have a few quick headlines I want to get to before we talk about the discussion. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, everybody, before we get to the impeachment, I have a couple of important headlines from under the radar. First, Biden is preparing to ask all of Trump's U.S. attorneys to resign as soon as Tuesday, uh, but definitely this week. He's ousting all but two of them. So the first U.S. attorney is one that's investigating Hunter Biden. They're keeping him, right, because it would look bad to fire that guy, right? Totally. Uh, The second is John Durham. He was the one appointed as special counsel uh, improperly to continue investigating the investigation into the Russia investigation. <laughs> uh, so it's pretty meta. Uh, but he is being asked to resign as U.S. attorney. So he won't be the U.S. attorney anymore. He'll he'll just be special counsel. And the only one that's staying on as U.S. attorney is the, the, the one that's investigating Hunter Biden. So we'll keep you posted on all that. Uh, I think that this is um, going to be incredible. I'm looking forward to see who Biden appoints to serve as U.S. attorneys. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of good talent out there for sure. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. It's going to be like a sweepstakes. <laughs> um, next, Parnas and Fruman associate David Correa was sentenced on Monday to one year and a day in prison for duping investors in a startup insurer and lying to the Federal Election Commission. Correa, 45, pleaded guilty in last October to wire fraud uh, conspiracy over his role in fraud guarantee, a Florida startup that ostensibly protected consumers from fraud. But he was defrauding them. (laughs) Uh, Prosecutors said Korea and Parnas conned victims into investing more than $2 million over seven years, but then withdrew much of it for family or personal use. So that's going on there. And then this just dropped from from Time magazine. Apparently, Novikov, who is a, a Ukrainian official, sent a transcript of a call that he was on with Rudy Giuliani, where Rudy Giuliani was threatening Ukraine 
saying we have to get this investigation underway and you should be careful and using a bunch of mob mobby language to this is back in the you know the first impeachment right <laughs> it's hard to keep our impeachment straight isn't it it is there's so many and uh, so he, you know, and Novikov also said that uh, he's willing to help or is helping. He didn't really clarify the Southern District of New York in their ongoing investigation into Rudy Giuliani. So that could bear some fruit. We haven't had this corroborated by anyone but Time Magazine. They've got the scoop. So now I assume <laughs> they'll send it out. They'll send the transcript out to, to other majors to, you know, corroborate the story. It's going to bear some low hanging fruit is what that's about to bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Those are some of the headlines uh, going on today from under the radar. But let's get to the arguments that happened today. They're underway. Arguments are underway in the Senate for the second impeachment trial of Donald Trump. The verdict is in. Trump's legal team sucked ass. Sucked. And the Democratic impeachment managers did an amazing job. So much so that a Republican defected and voted with Democrats today to move the trial forward. So Yeah. And we want to say it sucked ass in a bad way. I know there's some people that could argue oh, right. not a bad thing, uh, but it was definitely a bad thing today. <laughs> yeah, it was not uh, a fun ass sucking. It wasn't a good ass sucking. No. Uh, but today, each side spent about two hours debating whether it's constitutional to impeach a former officer. So they had that debate again, and they voted on it again. So let's let's talk about some of the things that really stood out to me today, Dana. First of all, that video where well, the impeachment managers went first. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The Democratic impeachment managers went first and they played a 13, 14 minute video. If you watch the thing, but content warning, it's it's extremely hard to watch. Uh, and they basically put the entire timeline together and outlined the attack on the Capitol and my it it was chilling. It was an absolutely chilling video. And I know that they they opted to have a law firm put that video together instead of a production company. So it was very um moving but very factual at the same time. Do you know what I mean? I do. And I did not realize that. That's nice to hear because we know when the um defense managers came in, they wanted to say that, you know, that that video was put together by some Hollywood production company. Mm-hmm. Which is obviously yeah. another one of the lies. Yep, and that is definitely not true. Uh, and also, something else interesting that the impeachment managers did that I thought was very uh, prescient, very wise of them to do, was they, they headed off all of the, I guess, objections to the constitutionality of impeaching a former officer that the defense, Trump's defense legal team, so-called legal team, put forth. And they were quoting multiple conservative lawyers and scholars, including Jonathan Turley himself, uh, who had said that you can impeach a former officer. And they talked about um, Cooper, this attorney, this well-known John Bolton's attorney, Mm -hmm. Uh, who wrote one of the op-eds this weekend. And then past guest on this show, Brian Colt, Professor Brian Colt, wrote the definitive gold standard uh, article on impeaching former officers. And it was called The Case for Impeaching Former Officers is the name (laughs) of the piece. And it was cited 13 times, I believe, maybe 15 times, somewhere in there, by Trump's team. Right. And the reason that they cited it is because in Brian Colt's piece, as a very scholarly and incredibly intelligent constitutional expert, he presented arguments to his own argument and then rebutted those arguments. He he went through every single objection he could think of 
and rebutted them. And what what the Republican side did here, what Trump's defense team did, is they picked out his devil's advocate arguments. And just said those. Yeah. And said, look at what Brian Colt says. And, you know, totally out of context. And they sort of, you know, kind of kneecapped that whole argument. It's going to be interesting to see now how they go forward to argue. And I, and I know we're going to get to this in a minute, but apparently there was a last minute switch between the two Trump attorneys. They were going to have Schoen go first and Castor go second. And no one's quite sure why they swapped places at the last minute, but it might have had something to do with Schoen's argument, perhaps had been written to go over Brian Colt's information, and that got totally fucked by the impeachment house managers. Right. And maybe he needed some time to f- to rewrite, rescript his argument. I would definitely, I would definitely put beans on that was the reason why. But they came forward and they were like, oh, because of the brilliant discussion and uh, arguments put forth by our worthy adversaries, we decided to change up our game plan. I'm like, you got, you changed up your game plan because you got fucked because of exactly what you just said. They took away every argument that you were going to make. Yeah, he I think he had to rewrite his arguments. Uh and that and and Shone is clearly the better of the two, although they're both awful. <laughs> yeah. Um so but so Castor went up first and holy shit that was like a, a timeshare seminar. I literally Trump I trumped. No, I text Mary Trump and I said, "What in the fuck is he talking about?" Like it was one of those things that I, there was I was for 45 minutes, I listened to him give the the jury a hand job, and I'm like, what is he doing? Here's what I think happened. This is what I have in my head, right? You and I have done a lot of comedy shows together. Let's say you show up to the show you're doing, and uh, you got your set all planned out, and then all of a sudden, somebody comes up to you and says, it's a clean show, by the way. Right. And you go, holy shit, I need someone to go ahead of me and stretch and fill time while I go backstage and rewrite my entire fucking set. That's probably out. Because it, because Castor's performance just reminded me of an abysmal open mic. He was cracking jokes. He didn't seem to be going by his notes. He just seemed to be making shit up as he went along. And I th- and honestly, that I swear to God, that has to be what happened. I could be totally wrong. It's all beans. But that's how it felt as a comedian, as a performer. That's what it felt like to me. Like, you get out there and stretch. I got to go rewrite my shit. Absolutely. And it felt like at certain points he was stopping to wait for applause breaks. Where he was like, <laughs> no, no one? Okay, let's move on. Yeah. At some point he said... Uh, you know, the uh, even the Roman Republic and the Greek Republic and the American Republic were only saved by one thing. The Senate. The United States. The United States Senate. I was like, I had no idea the United States Senate saved, saved the, the Roman Republic. Republic. <laughs> Very interesting, Mr. Castor. And then he talked about Nebraska having great judicial thinking, and that didn't make any sense. It just went nowhere. And now, like I said, Schoen was more coherent. Uh, but also argued that if you vote to convict, you're disenfranchising voters. But it's literally in the Constitution that you can bar someone from running from, for office again. So it's just the weirdest argument. 
Um, many, by the way, many were asking why he was covering his head while drinking water. He's a, a practicing Orthodox Jew, and a, a, that's what you do. So that's if anyone's wondering why he was doing that. That's, you you can uh, question why he was drinking so much water. That's a valid question. Yeah. But <laughs> to ask what he was yeah. doing while he's drinking, there's actually a valid explanation for that. Right. So I wanted everybody to know that before you went on some sort of a what the fuck uh, tirade about that situation. Yeah, because he also said, and, and I don't know if we'll get into this, probably not. Uh, we might, but that he was going to, he wanted, he didn't want the trial to run through the Sabbath. And now he's actually saying that because he's a practicing Jew, but now he's saying that if it does, he just won't participate those days. And I'm like, that's fucking fantastic. Cause if we have Castor the entire time for those two days, I mean, thank yeah. you very much. He did withdraw his request to not have the trial on the Sabbath. So yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. Uh, but sources have told CNN that Trump was extremely unhappy to the point of practically screaming about the horrible performance of his so-called defense team. This pleases me. I know. Did you see what he tweeted? Huh? I'm just kidding because he can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sometimes I want to tag him and he's not there. You know, you're just like, oh, well, I'll just tag Rudy. Um, so, yeah, and that doesn't really. I mean, he was not pleased Cornyn, John Cornyn, senator, was like, yeah, that sucked. Oh, yeah. Everybody agreed that it sucked. I mean, it sucked so bad, Cassidy changed his vote. Yeah, that's what I was just going to talk about. Is the vote was 56 to 44. We were expecting 55 to 45, just like the other vote for the same thing. Right. But Cassidy, Republican from Louisiana, he was interviewed after his vote and said, look, the, the, the Democrats were just well prepared. The Republican response was meandering. It made no sense. They didn't argue the issue. He said at one point I even turned to Ted Cruz and said, are they even talking about the issue at hand? And Ted Cruz is like, not right now. Oh, wow. And yeah, and so he he was like, so I couldn't in good conscience vote for the Trump defense because it there wasn't one. It was so terribly disorganized. That's what he said. He said, "I'm an impar I'm an impartial juror. As an impartial juror, when I see one side doing really really well and the other side not doing well at all, I'm going to vote for the side that did really well, and that happened to be the Democrats." Yeah. Now, what's what's interesting is that despite the absolute shit show, train wrecked, foobar defense that went up today, only one Republican senator defected. And let's 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 not forget that piece of shit Mitch McConnell who delayed this vote, delayed the trial until after Trump was out of office voted that it is now unconstitutional to try a former president. He is whenever we for anyone that's like, "Oh, Mitch McConnell stood up and said he should be, you know, this and that and he, you know, look, he's got a spine." No, he always has an agenda. He always has an agenda. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he said his words, his actions caused this insurrection. So it'll be interesting to see what he has to do now that the trial is actually going to happen if he follows up on those words. Because sure, you can vote that it's unconstitutional, but when that gets knocked down and it's deemed constitutional, then you actually have to support the fact that you just said on record, he's the reason for this. Yeah. And uh, the arguments on the merits, each side has 16 hours, two days. Start at noon today, Wednesday, noon Eastern time. Uh, and Dems, Democrats apparently have new evidence we have not seen, according to NPR and Yamichi and a couple of other sources. Uh, Reuters uh, have said 
that the the Democrats have new evidence to present that we have not seen, and that will come uh, in the next uh, few days. So we'll see what that is, and we're going to discuss that with Renato Mariotti right after this break, and we're also going to talk about uh, some of the evidence, some of the stuff with Cult, and a, a few other really interesting points from the perspective of a, a former prosecutor. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, it's AG. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Jenny Kane. Jenny Kane has the secret to an effortless and elevated home and wardrobe. Their timeless classics and inviting neutrals focus on comfort without sacrificing style. From wardrobe essentials to everything that makes your space feel like home, these amazing pieces, you will never tire of them. They're, they're just so beautiful and simple and modern. Jenny Kane believes that getting dressed should be the easiest part of your routine. They have curated staples for looking and feeling your best, no matter your mood or destination. And with the polished basics and home pieces, they will never go out of style and they make everyday moments a breeze jenny kane is my new go-to shopping destination for all things cozy and classic now that it's getting chillier i've been rocking my favorite jenny kane slippers and snuggly knits every single day my favorite signature pieces right now are cozy sweaters from the fisherman and cocoon lightweight and luxe from cashmere to cotton i'll be wearing these well past winter and for years to come for me jenny kane has simplified the art of getting dressed so if you want beautiful timeless pieces you can turn to on a daily basis to make your look and feel your best i highly recommend jenny kane Find your forever pieces at JennyKane.com and get 15% off your first order when you use code DAILYBEANS at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code DAILYBEANS. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Joining me today is a friend of the podcast, host of the On Topic podcast, former U.S. attorney, prosecutor, Renato Mariotti. Renato, welcome. Thank you. So uh, right now, as we're recording this, we're sort of in the middle of the... Trump defense team's rebuttal to the Democrats, uh, the impeachment manager's opening statements uh, about what happened on January 6th and leading up to January 6th. And I was wondering what your, first of all, your top line thoughts of what we've seen so far today. Well, I think they're obviously very gripping presentation by the managers, particularly by Representative Raskin. I think um, it's, it's, and it's a case that tries itself in many ways. I think the video is the best uh, evidence that you could possibly have, the, you know, the video uh, of what exactly happened in that attack that day, because the video and the actions that you see there really speak for themselves. And this is the sort of case that prosecutors love trying, a case that has a high emotional element, because people are convinced to do things by their gut uh, and they're not by their head, not by intellectual arguments. And so there's a high energy in the room. And I think people were appalled and moved by what they saw uh, and what they heard. Uh, and I thought they also did a fine job on the constitutional arguments. As for Trump's attorneys, I mean, he constantly has trouble finding good lawyers. Uh, you don't need to be a legal expert or some sort of genius to know that these are not the most effective lawyers on, in America. And, uh, you know, they, I think, are trying to prove that no matter what Trump and his team do, that they'll win anyway. I mean, this is sort of like, well, let's if we get up there and just read the phone book uh, for a couple hours, are they still going to vote to let him off? And that's I think that's what they're trying to prove. So. Yeah, you know, before I started hosting the Mueller She Wrote podcast, before I got into news and podcasting the news, I was a comedian and I spent a lot of hours at a lot of really bad open mic nights. And <laughs> Bruce Bruce Caster's presentation. Well, first of all, he was he would he was trying to tell jokes after what we had seen uh, and after Jamie Raskin's 
emotional, um, re, you know, retelling of, of what his daughter had said to him and having just lost his son. He's up there just trying to crack jokes and he's not making a lot of sense. And I think you're right. It's just sort of a, we already got this in the bag. Who cares what anybody says? But I think what's important to bring up, and hopefully you can comment on this, is in the, the most recent brief, there was something notably missing from it, and that was the argument that the election was stolen. It was in the first mm-hmm. brief, but sources, I guess, told uh, Jim Acosta of CNN that the his current legal team actually convinced him uh, to not use that argument. So it doesn't seem like they're going to use that argument. And he could have, Trump could have used his first five lawyers that might have been much better because that was one of the sticking points. Yeah, I have to say um, that that is definitely a smart move because it sort of proves the point. In other words, if Trump wants to make this about whether or not the election was stolen, um, of course it was not. And that could be, I think, fairly conclusively proven. Uh, But beyond that, I think it sort of proves the point that this man is so fixated on trying to, you know, uh, push back against the the reality that he lost, that he's willing to say or do anything. I think it would uh, it it would make it harder for Republicans to hold their nose and vote to acquit. So I I really think with with this crew, they need, you know, as long as it, it's almost like running off the clock in football. We all just watched the Super Bowl uh, this past weekend. You know, if you're, this is essentially like taking a knee. I mean, they're just trying to run out the clock uh, and really do as little as possible uh, so that they can preserve the win. And it's really going to be up to Democrats uh, to figure out how to shake things up because we already, I think, know the score right now in terms of how a lot of Republicans are going to vote. Yeah, and speaking of shaking things up, Reuters and uh, Amici and a bunch of people were reporting this morning, early this morning, that uh, NPR included, that the Democrats are going to be presenting some new evidence that's never been seen before. Have you heard anything about that, or can you speculate as to what that could possibly be? Because that that opening video was extremely powerful, but I don't think it had any new evidence in it. Yeah, that's a great question. I think it, it's probably going to be um, evidence that they've that they've uncovered either through, so say, the Capitol Police maybe investigated or inter- or conducted interviews regarding, um, you know, the plan that was, in, you know, beforehand what they were planning to do to members. I mean, I think something that would definitely have an impact on um, on the members is sort of something that would potentially be chilling, as if they had plans to execute, me- you know, members of Congress or they had. Um, you know, they had some, the, you know, they had brought with them specific means to do that. Uh, also, I think, you know, any if there I think one thing that would be potentially a game changer is if there was some sort of back room or back back communications channel to Trump's team. In other words, if Rudy Giuliani was on the phone with the leaders of this, you know, at times during it, that sort of thing would have an impact. Now, whether it be enough um, to convince, you know, set, you know, set, to get 17 Republican votes. I don't know. I don't know what uh, would have to happen for that. But I think those are the sort of revelations that could make a difference. Um, but otherwise, you know, what I would say is, you know, this is why I've urged Repo- uh, Democrats to call for witnesses. I did that in a recent column in Politico because I think, you know, that's another sort of thing. You have to find some way to change the uh, landscape here. Yeah, and I've sort of been racking my brain to think what could possibly 
uh, tip 17 Republican senators uh, to vote to convict. Um, but I guess that's, you know, as we spoke about uh, and, you know, we've talked about before, the benefit of, you know, the silver lining of the delay of the trial was that it gave more time for evidence to come out. And I think we may see the the, the fruits of that delay um, and it probably in in the in the main arguments section. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm as interested as you to to see what that is. I think it's definitely important for Democrats to not play into the Republican line that we already know all this already. And so having finding a way to freshen up this story, I mean, obviously is you know the video, even though we've seen it before, it's still fresh. Now, from you know, it's as fresh as the first time you saw it. It's sort of like when you see footage of the World Trade Center or something. It's just it's it's jarring anytime you see it. But I think it's something that Republicans can say, yeah, why are we doing this? We already knew this. This is political theater. But to the extent that new evidence is being presented, I think one thing that it should be apparent to everyone. Uh, but if you know, I spend more time in courtrooms than most most of you do, uh, most of your listeners do is is that you know this doesn't resemble anything like a real trial. And I think the more that Democrats can make it uh, more like a real trial and have new, like you said, new evidence, witnesses, anything they can do to sort of try to present a, a, an actual case as opposed to just having this appear like people giving speeches in Congress, I think uh, is, is for the better. Yeah, agreed. And I, I have a couple more questions about uh, prosecutors turned defense lawyers and stuff like that. But uh, I do have to take a quick break. Will you stay with me? Of course. Excellent. Everybody, we'll be right back. All right, I'm going to give this a shot. Sous cinq sénateurs républicains on vote que le procès de destitution est constitutionnel. In case you don't speak French, that means only five Republican senators voted that the impeachment trial is constitutional the first time around. I just learned it from Babbel. That is the number one selling language learning app, and my pronunciation is getting a little better, and that is why I'm using Babbel. That's AG here from the Daily Beans, and one of my goals, like I said, was to learn a new language, and Babbel has made that whole process very fun and very easy. They have bite-sized lessons that you actually use in the real world. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. I wanted French because mainly I love wine, and I want to pronounce it properly when I order it, and my pronunciation is kind of garbage, but I'm working on it. And Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. I can take my Babbel lessons when traveling or wherever I am. Unlike the infamous language lessons from high school, Babbel designs their courses with practical real-world conversations in mind, things you use in everyday life. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 100 language experts, and their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be very effective. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology it helps you improve your pronunciation and accent, which is what I'm working on. So start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That is six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code DAILYBEANS. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, and use code DAILYBEANS for an extra three months free. Babbel, language for life. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to former U.S. attorney, prosecutor, Renato Mariotti. Renato, uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you know, the emotions of having something fresh in your head. And I noticed that one of Trump's lawyers, uh, Castor, this is the one who um, declined to prosecute Bill Cosby, was sort of, it's hard to decipher what he was saying, but it seemed like one of his arguments was that y'all are emotional. 
You all have the vapors. You all need to calm down, take a step back, be reasonable. It just seemed like a, a lot of gaslighting. And I was wondering if what you thought of that kind of an a def- argument as a defense. I mean, it's it seems outlandish. Yeah, I, I have to say, uh, Caster seemed like he was over his head. I mean, that's the kind way of putting it. I don't think he was... Um, he's not somebody that anybody should want to have in a national stage handling a case like this, just completely incompetent. Um, but I, w- I will just say that, you know, what you would ordinarily do, the strategy, the general strategy for them is not different than what a lot of defendants do when they can't defend the underlying conduct. In other words, and I'm a defense attorney now, so I, I mean, I'm in the, the situation where sometimes, okay, mo- many times your client, you've got a lot to, to fight about. Okay, maybe he didn't really do this, it wasn't him, or this or that. But if, if, you're, if everyone knows what your client did, and it's absolutely reprehensible, and it's really not something you can defend on the merits, then you've got a lot to start distracting. You've got to start throwing a whole lot of stuff out there, confusing the issues, putting the jury to sleep, um, you know, trying to focus on the minutiae, throwing people off kilter. So that, that sort of thing is not unusual. All the distractions about the constitutionality and the first amendment and all of this stuff is, is on target. It's just that, you know, Caster, you know, personally, I think just doesn't know what he's doing. And that's a kind way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, I think that is a little kind. Um, something I thought that was really well done on behalf of the Democratic impeachment managers was heading off all of the constitutional uh, questions about whether this is even you can even impeach a, a prior officer. They like headed that off at the past, particularly with bringing up the conservative lawyers that wrote op op eds this weekend, but also of uh, law professor Brian Kalt, who has written the quintessential piece on prosecuting former officers or impeaching former officers, and that they took everything that he said out of context and that that they brought that up and they brought his words up, I thought was very a skillful move because that's going to be part if not all of of the defense of Trump's team. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I think in and uh, Professor Colt did a nice job tweeting about this the other day, you know, kind of saying, hey, all they did is they took I always tried to examine both sides of the issue and they took arguments that I that I walked through and then said were completely wrong. And they're basically amplifying the arguments that I explained were incorrect and the, the statements that were incorrect. So I think he you know, I think that, you know, he was, you know, certainly right to be upset. And I think they did a very effective job of highlighting that. I also thought it was very effective when they showed that Jonathan Turley is a complete hypocrite who will say anything to help Republicans uh, in an impeachment and get attention for himself. I mean, yeah, you know, Jonathan Turley and Alan Dershowitz are these guys who like to see themselves on TV and are I think willing to twist or contort themselves to say anything. Yeah, and and I agree with you with uh, Brian Colt's tweets uh, about that, and um, you know, it it was just kind of stunning to me considering the piece that they were citing was called "The Case for Impeaching a Former <laughs> Officer," <laughs> um, and and you know, of course, they never used that title in their brief Trump's de- Trump's defense. It was a footnote, you know, to cite it because you I guess you kind of have to do that. But, you know, to to completely omit um, the counter arguments uh, and just cite his devil's advocacy was uh, had to be 
quite disturbing, and I'm really glad they brought that up. And then uh, finally, you you had mentioned witnesses a few times. You're you're pro witness because I've I've spoken to a few folks, Daniel Goldman, etc. It's not that they're anti witness. It's just that they are saying we could you know the the Democrats are not looking for this, and we can do this without witnesses. But you you're saying that you think there should be witnesses. If there were, how would you be able to limit it without continuing to go down rabbit holes that would be necessary in any other trial? But they're trying to keep this one short. Yeah, I, that's fair. And I you know, and I I spoke to Daniel Goldman on 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 topic on my podcast, and he made a similar point. He's like, look, the the Democratic senators don't want witnesses because they don't want to drag this out. They want to focus on Biden's agenda. I get all that, and I get this as a political process. I guess where I come out is what I would do is I would select a couple witnesses who are under my control, so to speak. In other words, people I don't have to fight to get their testimony. I don't need to subpoena or drag them over here. You know, I would select, for example, maybe uh, Raffensperger, the Georgia Secretary of State. I mean, that guy doesn't seem to like Donald Trump very much. Uh, he's investigating him. Uh, and then, and then, you know, maybe a Capitol Police officer who was there on the scene and is there that person's life has been changed. I just know that when Eugene I Eugene Goldman, for example, yeah. yeah, you know, or somebody, you know, who knows? Maybe there's somebody who lost. Uh, a body part or, you know, God only knows. Some people had just tremendous emotional scarring. I mean, I just remember when I watched uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's Instagram live, I was very moved by her account of, of the fear that she felt and, you know, what she had gone through. And, and I think that hearing from a victim is it's just it's it's hard not to be compelled by that. So I, I think a Capitol Police officer and Raffsberger is where I would come out. And then I would dare the Trump team to come up with a, a witness that would be helpful to them. And I think they're not going to do 100 witnesses. I mean, they could try, um, but it'll be a comedy of errors. I mean, there's no one. I don't I don't really think there are people that are going to help their cause. So I would just call their bluff, have a few witnesses. But of course, I'm not a United States senator. I'm not trying to get legislation done or nominees confirmed. So I get that they have other pursuits. But my my perspective, I will just say somebody who would be trying to win the case, uh, is that, that that you need to shake it up because right now you're not on the path to get to 67 votes. Yeah, and it's going to take some really powerful testimony or evidence because I think Republicans are going to use that off-ramp provided by the incorrect constitutional argument or process argument. I think that they're going to hide behind that. And, and that is a shame because I think it's a danger to the future of our country, as as was uh, laid out by the impeachment managers this morning. Yeah, it's also disingenuous. I don't think anyone really believes that this this is that, there, that there's some sort of, you know, fancy philosophical constitutional concern that these people have. I think the reality is they don't want to make a vote against Trump because it's going to anger a certain portion of their constituents. And this is a clean way to just say, you know, not defend his conduct, but get out of it. And I, I think if they want to let Trump off the hook, they should just come out and say so instead of relying on something that is frankly a silly constitutional argument. Yeah, it, it is beyond belief. And, and you know, I part of me is like, even though I think it's kind of cowardly to do so that maybe somebody can uh, possibly bring up the idea of holding a secret ballot because i think that's i think that's what got liz cheney to keep her job yeah i think that's that's absolutely the case i don't know whether that's possible for a senate uh, uh, impeachment it certainly i think saved her job in the house uh, republican conference and you know frankly that's a good thing for just having a party that's not controlled by 
conspiracy theorist, authoritarian, anti-American types. Yeah, it's just a shame that your vote could endanger the lives of your family and yourself. That's the, that's the the sad sad part that we're at this, that place in our country. Very much so. Very much so. All right. Renato, it's been really great to speak to you. I really appreciate your perspective on this and your expertise. Everybody, check out the On Topic podcast and uh, follow Renato on Twitter. Renato, it's been really great to speak to you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG, and this episode of Daily Beans is brought to you by BetterHelp. We all have ups and downs in life. There's a lot of anxiety and stress right now, and facing stress and adversity is something everyone goes through, but it's important to remember you don't have to face it alone. So if you're struggling with anything that's preventing you from living your best life, I I recommend BetterHelp. BetterHelp provides professional counseling to help you navigate those challenges and obstacles. This isn't a crisis line or self-help. It's actual professional licensed counseling done securely online. They'll assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and you can start communicating in fewer than 20 24 hours. I've had my own struggles with anxiety and PTS, and I know how important it is to seek help rather than to try to face it alone. And BetterHelp's services are available for clients worldwide. And they have a broad range of experts in their counselor network, which wouldn't normally be available in your area, probably. And so that is what makes it so great, because you can log on anytime, anywhere, and send a message to your counselor, and you get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, too, so they make it easy and free to change a counselor if you need to. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So visit their website and read their testimonials. Here's one from BetterHelp user EM, who says, Talking to Stephanie has quickly become one of my favorite things that I do just for myself. She's so warm and understanding and supportive. I look forward to our sessions, and I love being able to write to her anytime. Her words of encouragement are always a bright spot in my day. So visit BetterHelp.com DailyBeans. That's BetterHelp with a P-H-E-L-P. And join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. There's a special offer for Daily Beans listeners right now. You get 10% off your first month. Just go to BetterHelp.com slash Daily Beans. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we're blown on good news. is on the way. Hey, Dana, you ready for the good news? I'm ready for the good news. I am. I'm always ready for the good news. This is going to be an important batch of good news after what we had to sit through today. Uh, First up, from Anna, pronouns she and her and Jake, he and him, both wrote in with a correction. A group of giraffes is called a tower. I love that information. Jake went on to say, thank you for the daily show. It's my bean routine to kick off my commute each day with your informative show. Please keep up the rhetorical good fight. For pet tax, I have Sammy and Sam Sam, uh, the barbed tiger salamanders, Sam squared. I found them in the containment of a crude oil tank as nymphs. The rainwater would surely be gone in days under the hot desert sun, so I caught them and brought them home. Sammy has a developmental issue where half of its external gills atrophied and almost died. Oh, I pulled through and now is a healthy adult. Our family watched them grow from tiny swimmers to adult for over the last couple years. Along with giving us joy, they love each other's company and can frequently be found cuddled up together. Oh, That is very sweet. Oh, how cute. He's got a lucky fin or a lucky gill, I should say. So cute. But thank you. A tower of giraffes. I didn't know that. All right. This next one's from Veronica. No pronouns given. Hi, Beans Queens. I was interested to hear you talk about John Fetterman's Senate run this week. As a social worker for the DOD, I participated in diversity and inclusion training, including the past year, of course. Just over a year ago, one of our trainings included a video about John Fetterman. 
The message was about not judging someone by outside appearances. It was a great example of how we unconsciously develop impressions of people at first glance and how we need to consciously remind ourselves to keep an open mind. The good news is that Biden rescinded the executive order that stopped DNI training, which I think is much needed in the DOD right now. As a pop pet tax, I've included a picture of our cat, Charlie, who was adopted from death row at the APL 8 years ago. She hid under a dresser for the first month and now will climb right up in my husband's face to cuddle. Here she is with her tongue out. So thank you so much for all you do to keep us informed. Your cheerful voices always make the news easier to hear. Look at this baby. Look at the little baby tongue. With the malem. Oh, so sweet. What a honey. Thank you for that pod pet tax. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, so you, you interesting. Diversity and inclusion training, excluding the past year, of course, that's wow. So that you're, it's like a f- impacts you totally personally. And so Biden rescinded, rescinded the order that stopped it. He actually just went in and stopped diversity and inclusion training, which is just crazy. Um, what it's interesting. I had a situation where I don't know if you all remember, but during the insurrection, there were um, some photos and videos coming out of an attack in Los Angeles downtown where, uh, a, a very sweet black woman was attacked basically by a group. And there was this horrifying photo of a guy with a red beard and a little bit balding, whole, looked like he was holding her, looked like he was, con, you know, constraining her. And everyone went crazy. Who is this guy? Let's get him fired, blah, blah, blah. And I'll be honest, he looked just like the rest of these guys that attacked her. When I saw the picture, I was like, wait a minute. And then the story came out that this guy did not attack her. He saved her life. But because he looked just like all these other guys in this racist attack on this beautiful black woman, he got lumped in with it. So it is a good lesson to learn. And I love that you had that experience with Fetterman because I think most people would look at him and be like, holy crap. And he's an incredible politician. So, wow. Yeah, I remember that story. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Right. It's Los Angeles. Yeah, you said. Yep. Downtown. That was um, the center of a lot that went down during those times. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. Next up from Brucey, pronouns she and her. I'm so glad someone beat me to the grammar correction. I've been debating for several days, and besides yelling me at the top of my lungs when Allison said I, I did nothing. Sorry those nuns were so sadistic. <laughs> <laughs> my, my pod text is my new kitty who had been in the shelter for two years because he's a black kitty, though he's actually a tuxedo. I even got a discount on the adoption fee for taking a black cat. How stupid some people are to have prejudice against black cats. They call him Houdini because he somehow managed to get into rooms at the shelter he was not supposed to be in. <laughs> I call him by his first name, Harry. Look at Harry, this guy. Yeah, that is look so sweet. He is on top of a curtain rod. So he clearly is nimble and elusive. And Houdini is a great name. Oh, my God. Cats are amazing in that sense. I mean, they can jump up at things where I'm like, how in the world? (laughs) Some of those videos blow my mind. All right, this next one, we got more good stuff. This is Mary, pronoun she and her. Forgive me, beans, for I have sinned. I Mm. ate an entire six, that's six ounce container of French's crispy fried onions for dinner last night. (laughs) Those things are good. I can't even keep it. Mary, 
There was just something deeply, deeply satisfying about munching on crispy, <laughs> crispy fried onion pieces that satisfied the part of my brain that loves salty, crunchy foods. I'm attaching a photo of my cousin's dog, Ren, as my, pot, my pet tax. Now, listen, Mary, I'm not even judging you for this because I will walk by the green bean casserole at Thanksgiving and eat off all of the French's crispy onions if someone is not watching me. You're the jerk that does that. That's such yep. an integral part of the green bean casserole. Well, and- it's also delicious. Look at the dog shoes. Oh my goodness. Look at the dog shoes. Mm -hmm. Yes. This dog has the cutest shoes. Oh my gosh. Mary, I hope that you found something else for dinner tonight. And if you didn't, I'd be happy to postmate you something other than fried crispy onions if it's helpful. (laughs) I don't know. That sounds pretty delicious. I know. Remember we used to get it like just a thing of frosting and eat it or is just me well the other thing is a six ounce can those things aren't heavy six ounce cans of crispy fried onions it's a big ass can yeah that's true that's a giant one that's like for two green bean casseroles oh that's so funny (laughs) next up from paul pronouns he and him this might not sound like good news at first but i assure you that it is on monday we lost our dear lily a ten and a half year old weimaraner i had shared some pictures of her and her stepsister and best friend eloise the cat with you a few weeks ago Lily struggled with seizures since she was just over a year old. There were several times we thought we'd lost her, but she always fought back. With the support of some wonderful vets, we finally found a good mix of meds that got her seizures under control. Lily was a great spirit, and through it all, all the indignities of treatment, taking lots of meds, 14 pills a day, she rattled when she walked, needing some help getting up and regular visits to the vet for blood tests, she never lost her stubborn, gentle, and goofy personality. When she got too weak to go on our walks anymore, she told me by instead going directly to the car where she called shotgun, and we wheeled around to check out the neighborhood. Last week, the struggle became too much. She could no longer stand on her own without support. Uh, Though her demeanor, through her demeanor, she let us know that she had had enough. We found a vet who specializes in end-of-life care, and she was able to come to our home where we had a completely stress-free and peaceful farewell. Oh my gosh, the good news is that the ten and a half great years we had with Lily. We had great fun tramping through the woods and the fields, swimming in the lake and going for long walks and later long car rides. In her later years, she taught me much about patience, strength, and perseverance. I'm fine if this is too much of a downer for the good news, but I needed to share our story with someone. Strange as it sounds to me, I feel that I have become part of the community that you have built. Oh. Look at this baby. Look at the puppy picture. I know, I know, I know. Oh my goodness. Weimaraners are so, oh, the last picture. <laughs> Look at babe, oh, the, babe, uh, the contortion. This dog is contorted into the couch in a position that no human would be able to survive. I was trying to figure out how the couch was situated. Now I get it, right? Yeah. The, the, the dog is laying on the back couch cushion, yes. smushing it down. Weimaraners uh, are so, they're really incredible dogs. They're very, very smart. And the other thing is, is they're really photogenic. They love posing for photos. Oh. They're so sweet. What a beautiful story. Thank you for yes. sharing it with us. And sweet Lily. Goodness. I know, I know. Whew. Okay. Uh, this next one. <clears throat> this is from Adrian. Pronoun she and her. I think the conversation on vaccine ethics is a valuable one to have. As AG and Dana commented, that person is an essential worker. Totally legit. For the rest of us who are lower on the list to get them and not essential, if opportunities arise to get a vaccine, of course we don't want them to go to waste. But if you can, please help a person higher on the list. Older essential worker, higher risk. Get connected to those extra vaccines. 100%. As pet tax, my fully vaccinated puppy, Doug, who is eight months old and almost 90 pounds, and Charlie, the orange 
Tabby were trying to get them to be friends, which limited success. <laughs> best <laughs> attempt pictured. Oh my god. This is and I think the best attempt pictured is because the dog's asleep. Yeah, the dog is de- dead asleep there. Uh Adrian, yes, 100% right. If you can um help a person higher on the list, do it. For sure. And I will say this, you know, that I'm, there's a reason why there's an order to these things. And uh, just recently, they were saying that Moderna, I believe, is one that's coming up with booster shots for the variants that may or may not be covered by the other, uh, the other things. So trust me, I am in the last tier, I am frustrated that almost everyone around me in my immediate family is vaccinated. And I'm still going to wait because it's going to keep getting better. So in those days you feel frustrated, just know that science is working as well. And so when you do get your shot, it's going to be the shot you're supposed to have. Yeah. Now, yeah. And for me, um, the it's sort of when I say like not available or go to waste, not available is, is more correct. I'll probably get the shot in my, in my quartile when everyone else who is me, like me, should get it. But because I get my health care from the Department of Veterans Affairs, once all of the at-risk groups are are vaccinated, they'll vaccinate everyone else, and they can't use those vaccines for anyone outside the VA. So do you, do you see where I'm going with that? So it's not totally. like I can give it to, but once all, you know, I won't take it unless all of the frontline workers, everybody who's in a risk group, everybody who's over, over 65, and everyone who's older than me gets it. I won't get it. But when it, when, you know, when my turn comes up, it's, you know, it can't, unfortunately, because the way the VA is situated, or fortunately, I should say, because they're there to serve the veterans. Uh, it's, uh, if we just, if we just had single payer healthcare in this country, then everything would go in order. But those are the, those are the kind of situations I'm talking about is if you, if you, if there's no one else you can gift that vaccine to that needs it more than you, then don't, you know, don't feel guilty about it. Uh, next up from Jess, pronoun she and her. After listening to all the spider stories over the past week, I realized I had some advice fellow single arachnophobes may find useful. Over the summer, I went into my kitchen to get a glass of water before going to bed. Uh, you might want earmuffs. <laughs> what I found was a giant spider on my kitchen floor in front of my refrigerator. By my estimation, the spider took up at least a quarter of an eight-inch tile. <laughs> In a moment of panic, I got my mom on a video call to which she said, I don't know why you called me. You know I would just catch it and put it outside. I tried to get up the courage, but I couldn't find the will to go anywhere near it. I thought about the vacuum, but then I might feel uh, it go through the hose. (laughs) I might feel it go through the hose, and it may still be alive when I emptied the bin. Then it clicked. I have two fearless felines in the house who love to take care of these kinds of problems for me. I called them down, and my chonker Zoe approached it and gave the spider a swat. I don't think I'm exaggerating all that much to say the spider jumped about an inch off the ground. Eventually, they chased it out of sight, jumping as it went, under the fridge. I'm surprised it didn't hit the cat back. (laughs) And luckily, it never returned. Although, I was on the lookout whenever I went to the kitchen for a good long while afterwards. The strategy works for other insects as well. For example, silverfish are one of Zoe's favorite snacks. Oh, she so plays gross. with it. She plays with it for a minute and then eats it right up. No cleanup required. It, that QDG dry heave, it says. <laughs> <laughs> for the good news, I've been thinking about adopting a dog for a while due to how much I have been home lately. Fortunately, I've been able to work from home. I'm also scheduled for shoulder surgery that will keep me from my favorite hobby of playing softball until the fall. And we'll need something else to do this summer. A couple weeks ago, I got the opportunity. Attached is a picture of my new Australian cattle cattle dog mix, Colby. Great name. He's a rescue from Tennessee. 
Given the fact I didn't meet him until they handed him to me off the truck and told me, have a nice life. Oh, my God. I, I feel incredibly fortunate to have adopted such a sweet, loving, easygoing pup. He has not once woken me up in the middle of the night. When he's tired, I'll sit on the floor and he'll cuddle up in my lap for a nap. It makes my heart melt every time. Unfortunately, Gizmo and Zoe are less than thrilled with this new addition to our family. But I'm hopeful that eventually they'll figure it out and they won't want to wrestle with him. And they'll come around to love him as much as I do. You'll see. You'll see that eventually they'll be cuddling <gasps> together. I just saw the picture. <laughs> I know. I know. Thank you for everything you do. My cats are now fully trained to rush uh, to the bathroom in the morning as soon as they hear news with swearing. And they know they're about to be able to drink water out of the sink faucet. Pod pet tax attached is my new little man. Not enjoying the New England cold. Trying to make a friend as well as my cats going uh, doing their best impression of the twins from The Shining. Oh my God, that's really funny. This I love Australian sh- uh, shepherd puppies because they look like a cookies and cream shake. Yeah, like they're just so sweet and tiny. These the cats. dog cat <laughs> standoff is adorable. And yeah, these two cats. That is definitely a good Shining picture right there. Yeah, top of the stairs, both looking at you like bookends. Hello. My goodness. Yep. Come and play with us forever oh God. and ever. Stop. Between that and the spider story, I'm not going <laughs> to sleep tonight. <laughs> well, thank you everyone so much for sending these in. This has been wonderful. Uh, thanks to Renato Mariotti and the On Topic podcast for joining us today. Don't forget to join Dana and I on the Stereo app this Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Don't Eastern. forget to join Dana and me. <laughs> Did I say it? Yeah. So I'm just going to very gently say, please join Dana and me. So please See? join Allison and me this Thursday on the Stereo app. Dana and I will be together this Thursday on the Stereo app. Exactly. That's all you have to do is change it. Put us first and then you can always say Dana and I because then it will be I will be on the Stereo app. Thank you for the gentle correction, my co-host. I appreciate that. Please join Dana and me this Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Download the Stereo app. It's free. It's going to be fun. We're going to say fuck a lot and probably sing stuff. So, yep. Any final thoughts before we shuffle off? No, just a big thank you for all these pod pet picks. I mean, it, the cats and the dogs are adorable, but I'm really loving this. Like, uh, people who don't have their own animals just being super creative. I don't even care if you like take one of the cutest pictures you've ever seen off the internet. Just send us something <laughs> lovely. <laughs> The salamanders were pretty adorable today. Good job. They really were very cute. Thank you for those. Yes, everybody continue to uh, enjoy the impeachment trial. We'll be back tomorrow. And until then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of the planet, and take care of your mental health. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact-checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder of Moxie Design Studios. And our website is dailybeanspod.com. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. And uh, we're here doing our live after party. Daily Beans after party is what they're, what they're calling it, what the kids are calling it these days. It reminds me of I just watched <laughs> the 30 Rock episode where Liz Lemon was like, uh, out with the Tracy Jordan and he's like are you going to the after 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 party and they end up like on somebody's roof <laughs> <at the end laughs> of the night. Um, but yeah just finished watching 
that vote, the vote to oust Marjorie Taylor Greene from Woo-hoo! her two committees. Uh, I, I think I was incorrect. I think the last time we were here live, I said that she was only, I thought she was only on one committee. She was on two committees. She yeah. was on education and labor and also on the budget committee. Like Education, what? education. She's on the committee of education. She was, was, because she got voted <laughs> off of education. Yeah, and 11 Republicans voted alongside Democrats to oust her from these seats. Uh, So we're going to see how the backlash of that plays out, because, as you know, McCarthy was like, well, what about Maxine Waters and what about so-and-so? And they get to keep their committee seats like they committed, like they wanted other people to be executed or believed that 9-11 was not real or what. Like, come on, like, stop. Stereo is the app for live social conversations. We want to talk directly with you, the listeners. You can join our show. Dana and I ask us questions about news, politics, anything. And you can share your experiences and opinions. And we want to hear it all. So download the new app called Stereo and join us live this week, Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific. Link to our show in the description and join us over on the Stereo app.